Have you ever flown on a private jet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you like the way I leaned in for that one. <laughs> Have you? Yes. Look at us, two people who flew. Uh, that's a rare thing. And so did Robin. Remember when we were talking oh. about this? Yes. What did? Yes. So she. That's... What did? What was hers? Mm. Well, that's a good question. I don't remember. I'm messaging her right now. What was yours? Um, I forget. I will Work. tell my story. Oh, okay. Because okay. mine because... is better than yours. <laughs> really. <laughs> Robin, what was your private jet story? We're on the podcast right now, so you can just send your voice message. Robin's never been on the podcast, has hey, she? yeah. Well, mine was, I was working, I did an internship for SC Johnson, okay. a family company. A family company. <laughs> and they make Ziploc bags, so I worked at the Ziploc Ooh. group, which was our whole, uh, it was like a campus just for Ziploc. Whoa. It's kind of a funny, you think about these products that have just been around forever, yeah, like, they just make money. Just, so I know. Just, I was like, what are, what do these people do? They all kind of would sit in their office and just like collect their checks. I mean, it's Right. It's, it's the product is pretty, pretty well made now, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I worked with the guy who would invent new stuff. I actually have two patents with them. So when you're in the shop, when you're in the grocery store and you see the Ziploc, storage bags like yeah. to put clothes on in and they go under your bed oh, yeah that's me that's you yeah mm -hmm. well that's a fun fact yeah and then the other one it never made it to market it was like um you know the vacuum seal bags for like sous vide cooking yep so that was that was a new idea but chefs were doing it at the time and i worked for the invention guy for ziploc okay. like he came up with all the ideas so he would just be like yeah do whatever come up with ideas and there was kind of this like Playland, this whole room with different, I don't know, tools and things like where you could make stuff. <laughs> and so some days at my job was just to try to mess around and come up with an invention. Yeah. Which was literally my dream. So um <laughs> we tried to make he was like, you know, sous vide. I think he may have gone to a fancy restaurant. He's like, yeah. you know, sous vide, like you can make this stuff, but then I guess it was dangerous because if you don't do it at the right temperature, some deadly bacteria forms in, in the meat and then you die. So it was, that's why it never made it to market, but we were making a little vacuum, handheld vacuum thing that you could use with a regular Ziploc bag. Okay. So you'd like put the steak oh, in a Ziploc yeah. and then whoosh. with the okay. handheld vacuum, suck the air out and then put it in a pot of water. Okay. But then we realized like people were going to die. Okay, that was a good yeah. stopping point. So we, we decided, <laughs> it was a, you know, we had a few meetings and yeah. decided <laughs> it'd probably be good. <laughs> so anyway, the, that was the other patent. Why does I, t what? oh, private because jets. The jet. Yeah, I love the way you totally got sidetracked. Sorry. That never happens to you. No, we're, yeah. what people don't know on here is like, this is our normal conversations. <laughs> we get on the podcast and we're very disciplined. Uh, okay, so. Are we? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. So the headquarters was over in Wisconsin, oh, which is like across place. Michigan and over yeah, Lake wow. Michigan. Uh -huh. So that's a pretty flight. Yeah, there was a private jet basically to take some of us between those two locations. And one time I got to go alone and um, <laughs> I get on the jet. It was awesome because like in the air in the airport, you know, you get your own gate yeah. with like a red carpet and then you get on the jet. And there was a fruit bowl. I'll never forget. There was a pile of magazines and a fruit bowl, an actual fruit bowl with all these different like bananas and apples. And, on the jet. Yeah. On waiting the jet, for you. The fruit bowl. I don't know why that's what sticks in my mind. And then the other piece I remember is the flight is so short that like yeah. before we even got to cruising altitude, we yeah. came back down. Yeah. It was just a big like arc. Yeah. Up Did and you down. Feel the there. upness like the wuju? Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. What was yours? That that was that was the big feel for me. So mine was you with probably, the, mine Jonas, was with Jonas Brothers. Brothers. You yeah. probably had a bunch of them, right? I, know, so how cool. I mean on the yeah, on the jet with the Jonas Brothers uh -huh. when I was working for them. So and I remember my very first one. It kind of happened quick because I was working with them and all of a sudden they're like, You're coming with us on the jet. And I was like, What, what, what? Yeah. Like what? And I am a little afraid of flying, so that kind of I yeah. didn't have time to think about it. And That's why you're so used to it with greenhouse, right? Like every right, time, right? Oh, okay, <laughs> you just throw it at me, like, hey, cut over this way. We're hopping on the jet. Hey, hop on the jet with yeah. me, and you're just yeah. like, you always seem to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did she? I know. It was Frankie was really little, 
uh, you know, like nine, and I remember he was the coolest one because he was yeah. like, "Hey, over here." He's like, "So it's gonna feel really fast." He's like, you know, "He's like, he's like, you're gonna just sit down, just buckle up," and he was just like making sure I felt, you know, super comfortable. And what I remember is that there was lots of food very quickly and then very quickly gone it was yeah. like but there was like you know it was it was a fast track mm-hmm. but it was so i don't remember we flew every time because it was but it was fast and, yeah. and he was right it was like up in the <laughs> air and of course sometimes well i think you know the story that um i mean they had their own fan mail yeah you know but i lived in dallas and so sometimes i would manage their home mail yeah and sometimes fans would send things to their home mail which by the way they didn't like yeah uh, so jokingly, sometimes I would hand them their humorous fan mail on the jet <laughs> yeah. plane. And nice. so one time I was like, so this man sent you a dollar. Uh, <laughs> so cute. Because, yeah. What does happen on the jet? Like what, what would you, what would Mostly you typically chilling. do? Sometimes chilling. Sometimes they, I mean, I, I, the, my very first one I sat across from Kevin and Denise and me and Frankie sat next to each other, you know, like where two seats are facing. Yeah. Yeah. Because Denise is my best friend. So mm-hmm. that's who I mostly wanted to sit with. Yeah. But I was Screw working Nick too. and all these. I low-level people <laughs> who are you dude <laughs> get out of here but um mostly they were talking about what decompressing over what just happened yeah and then what was to come that was a this was your pre-coaching coaching yeah, career right, right. <laughs> but ah, if only fun. you could do it now and I, bring me and priyanka's there i know, I know now <sighs> i know right it was it was definitely post priyanka you're in my post, seat i know <laughs> priyanka. <Get out> of <laughs> But uh, it right. would be interesting now with all the now that they all got little kids. I know they probably all do things very separately now. Huh? Huh? Well, so there you go. Let's hold on. Let me see if Robin sent hers. Oh, here we go. I don't know that I actually have a real private jet story. I what? think we were just talking about times we've actually been on them, and I just used to fly with the marching band to all the whole <gasps> games that in college, it. and I forgot what we were actually talking about. <laughs> I think, oh, I think it was the food. The fact that they give you like a three course meal and like a fruit bowl. <laughs> fruit bowl! <laughs> endless amounts of dessert and just this multi course crazy thing. And it's like a one hour flight. Yes. <laughs> See, she read our lines. I forgot the marching band. Yeah. yeah. I love that we both talked about Ziploc, Jonas Brothers, and hers was marching band. <laughs> Boom. Jeez. The, uh, yeah, that's like. Nobody would know this but robin is like very funny mm-hmm. she's got a great sense like sarcastic yeah sense very. we need to have her on more often via voxer yep my guest today is hannah yonkers and this is a fun one we are talking about gen z in the workplace and if you remember a little while ago we did a two-part episode on this topic one of the posts on tiktok got almost a million views and just thousands of comments of people from all angles, people who are frustrated with Gen Z, people who are Gen Z and feel misunderstood, and all angles of this topic. Now, what's interesting to me is anytime a new generation comes into the workforce, and reminder, Gen Z just started entering entering the workforce a few years ago, this always happens. People freak out. Everyone thinks it's the worst thing and the best thing, and when millennials started coming into the workforce... Everyone thought the world was ending. So there's a lot of emotion around this topic. And what happened was at Greenhouse, we look at the comments on these things. We see the trends and we address them on the podcast. And so we noticed the biggest thread was the complaint against us. Why didn't you guys have a Gen Z person in the studio? Why are you talking about it without their voice represented? And I thought that was a good point. So we decided to have someone on the podcast and revisit the topic. Well, fast forward. Hannah Yonkers came over to my house because she is one of our babysitters and was a nanny to my daughter one summer. And my wife and I are getting ready to go out to dinner. Hannah comes over and we're chatting. She goes, guess what I saw this week? Uh, I know where this is headed. She said, your face popped into my TikTok feed. And it was crazy. It's like a huge post and it was going viral. (laughs) And I'm just shaking my head in shame. But, you know, also a a little bit of pride too. So I asked her, I'm like, Hannah, what did you think? I'm curious your take as a Gen Z. And she said a few things and she said, you know, thought a lot of what you guys talked about uh, resonated and hit home with my experience and the frustrations I have with my leadership in different jobs. But 
why didn't you guys have a Gen Z person in the studio? And so I said, well, do you want to solve that? How about you come in? And she was actually very excited to come on the podcast and agreed. And we set it up and we did it. So this episode is myself, Millennial, Sunday, a Gen X, and Hannah, a Gen Z, all talking about the issue. And um, I think if you're someone who leads a Gen Z, you'll appreciate this. If you are a Gen Z, you'll definitely feel understood and this might help. Or if you know someone in either category, pass this episode along to them. But uh, here we go with Hannah Yonkers. My name's Hannah. I'm 22 years old. Um, I was born right before 9-11. So that uh, impacted a lot, surprisingly. Um, now I have to take off my shoes whenever I travel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I traveled a lot as a kid and then... Um, landed in Richmond and I've lived there for the past like 17 years Mm -hmm. and now I'm a senior at JMU. Awesome. And okay so for people like me who were not from Virginia, James Madison Mm -hmm. University, I I thought it was just maybe a little no-name college and then I started meeting more and more people who went there and it's like a thing. I mean people love this place and I also I just kind of like hung out on the campus one day because we were in that area and we kept going, man, this place is actually gorgeous. Like the buildings and stuff. It's a really pretty campus. Hey, did you get to see the Jonas brothers when they were there? I did. That was exciting. It was weird seeing them in person. I was like, okay, they're real. They're real. (laughs) Essentially I was a really big Nick girl, but then when camp rock came out as a kid, I was still a knit girl, but now okay. I'm a, now I'm a Joe girl. <laughs> ah, do you know Sunday's secret? No, what? Oh gosh. Okay, so well, I've I've known the boys since they were babies. So, but Denise is my best friend, and I'm Nick's godmother. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's go, insane. It's insane, and of course, you know, it's still insane to me because they're just my boys you know, and who were just regular people who still are regular people who watching the journey of their lives and their family's life blow up has been so crazy and exciting. So I sang in a, in a singing group with their dad in college. So I'm a singer, okay. a singer. And so the boys, when they were just like, Nick was a baby and went on tour with us. Uh, but <laughs> she was just, she was just hanging out with Nick like a month ago. Are you, are you dead yet? I know. <laughs> like, and, and also went to the I went to Nick and Priyanka's wedding. So that was very cool in India. So the, I have to say, even I was like a little starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anyway, but moving on. <laughs> no, I'm a little starstruck. I'm just like, oh what did I set myself up for? Yeah. But I did anyway, let's talk about Gen Z. I know, but I did see them. <laughs> I saw like some of the, the reels and stuff. It looked like they had such a good time. Mm-hmm. And then like they did some serving of the beers and went to the I bar. Was right outside that bar, <laughs> like in line waiting to go in, not even knowing that they were inside. And then there was just like a line of people, and I was like, What? Nice. What's going Man, on? So close. But yeah, Joe's got it going on. They all got it going on. But I know mm-hmm. a lot of everybody has different. Like, and Frankie, oh, yeah, and, don't forget oh, Frankie. And Fra- I'll never forget just Frankie. Gave, yeah, we just speaking, of, speaking of Gen, Gen Z. Yeah, yes. speaking of Gen Z, he speaks to a whole other generation. So I have a twenty-year-old daughter, and we used to Frank when we lived in Texas. Frankie used to come to our house and play all the time when the boys were on tour. So because he they were so busy on tour, so we were like that normal family that he could just come be normal with, and so. He would have a lot of fun, especially with my my Cynthia, our twin, because they're close in age. And so he would play. And we always had like a, another, we would call him something else when he would come play with us. So we would go to the water slide park and we would call him like, I don't know, Paul, whatever. And we'd be like, and some people would stop us. One time I was trick-or-treating with him in California and he wanted to just be a zombie and he wanted to just hand out candy like a normal person into Luca Lakes, California, which is very hard. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and so we were out there. And people were coming and getting candy. And sometimes somebody would say, hey, you look a lot like Frankie Jonas. And he'd go, nah, everybody tells me I look just like him. Anyway, happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so much fun for me because I wasn't Denise and Kevin. So then they really thought maybe I was the mom. And we got to play fake night all night. And it was so much fun. (laughs) It was fun. 
Anyway, yeah. we have, I got a lot of questions for you. First of all, what are you going after in school or don't you know yet? Um, so I'm a theater major. Uh, I specialize in oh, costume design. Fantastic. Um, I, I really enjoy like keeping my hands on um, and working through it. A lot of costume design is a lot of research. Um, so you have to be really good at history, which I'm trying. Um, just okay. a lot of memorization. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of back and forth, a lot of behind the scenes. Uh, but there's nothing better than just like letting go and seeing it on stage and just letting the actors do their thing. And you're just like, like enjoying the show. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I made that. And I made that. Well, yeah. when did you when did you fall in love with theater? Ever since I was probably, well, my first show I did at like ten or eleven. Mm -hmm. um, I did a summer camp and we did Annie, and I just so happened to be Annie. You um, did. Um, now, yeah. See, now I'm having jealousy of you because here's the story with me. I went and saw the movie because I'm older than you, so I saw the very first Annie at the movie theater. I'm a theater mm -hmm. girl too. And I cried when I left the movie theater because all I wanted to do was be Annie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I never got to, but I thought it was like the dream role. So no, tell me about I it. I definitely have like a, a connection to her um, just because like redhead, yeah. you know, Ariel, Ariel, Annie, yeah. any of those characters. I'm just like, yeah, yes. um, no, it was also really fun in it. Um, I don't know. It just like sparked this joy in me, but I didn't really have, um time for it I was figure skating at the time for a couple of wow. years um and then I found it again in high school um I was cast in Adam's family just like an ensemble like ancestor and then I just kept with it kept with it took the classes mm. did all the plays and musicals I could and then I came to college and freshman year was when COVID happened and that was really hard, especially being virtual. I realized I didn't want to act like virtually. It was just really difficult. And so I found a way to participate while not being virtually. Um, and I've always been really into fashion, really into clothes, just like and jewelry. That's a big thing for me. Um, and then one day I just went up to my professor slash mentor slash love of my life. I was like, Hey, can I, can I costume anything? And she was like, yeah, be at this place on Monday and I'll give you a job. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been up ever since. Fantastic. Would you like to do a little bit of both as your career evolves? Are you hoping to do a little of both? Or are you really putting most of your focus on the costume? I know, I know how hard it is to be an actor. Um, I did, uh, I um, auditioned for my friend's play last year and ended up getting it. And it was a two-person show. It was an hour and a half. Um, and I feel like that was a nice finality. Okay. Like, a nice, nice send-off. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy, you know, making things and having the satisfaction of it being complete. And as an actor, I feel like you're always um, working on not necessarily the same thing, but you're, there, there's no really, like, completion with it yeah yeah I get that it's just both of us had worked kind of in some jobs that were like big corporate world where that was always my same complaint you never really build something or say like oh it's done and here it is some people would always be like I just want to go build a product or something that I can say is done or I just look forward to like mowing the lawn or something where it's like I did it it's done mm -hmm. and yeah. being able to show for what you did yeah it's it's tricky when it's never ending so you yeah. picked something where there's going to be something tangible, which is so cool. Yeah. Very cool. For anyone who didn't like know the context here is we were talking about Gen Z on the podcast, I don't know, a few months ago. And especially on TikTok, there was just a lot of conversation around um, some of the different nuances and especially calling us out like, well, how about we get somebody who is a Gen Z? Because I'm a millennial, Sunday, you're a Gen X. And it's like, um, so that's why me and Hannah were talking like, well, hey, do you want to come on and, and chat? Because she also had some similar um, thoughts and perspectives. To, mm -hmm. So that that's what we're doing here is kind of just following up on those conversations and to hear from the different sides of it. Mm -hmm. That was a miss on our end. You know what I mean? That was a miss. But it's so interesting because I've heard another podcast where I did hear a father and a son who's a Gen X and they were talking about the difference in the workplace. And it really interested me as well to hear both 
both perspectives as well. So yeah, and I really love this person. And I have, I have, do have, I, I think I threw out there that I have Gen X kids. Gen so Z. I, I'm so sorry. I'm the Gen Xer. Gen, Gen X kids would be very That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I have Gen Z kids. So I do a lot of my um, sharing from their perspective because they share so openly <clears throat> with me. But this, the idea of their mindset around work is very different than ours. Do you agree? I'd say so. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest difference? If I give you just no leading at all and just like maybe even millennials, Gen X, what do you feel is like different difference in the mindset around just work when I just say the word work? I'd say it's definitely like how we were raised. Um, like I was raised by Gen X parents. Um, I said earlier, I was born right before um, 9-11. And then when I was seven, there was the big uh, housing crisis. And mm-hmm. my family has been like pretty middle class, but ever since, you know, 2008, there's been like declines um, and not to get like too deep, but um, I always took on a lot of financial anxiety, just hearing my parents talk about it. And so I always thought I have to get a job. I have to be successful. I have to be stable. Um and so it's put a lot of pressure on um, how I view life and how I view not only the workplace, but like my coworkers, my managers, I always try and make sure that there's like fairness, equity, especially with um, pay. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing with um, my last job at a country club. Um, it paid like directly minimum wage. And when I tried to say like, hey, I'm one of your best servers, can we get this up? Like it's been over three months and there hasn't been like um, a review on my end. Um, And they raised it about a dollar. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't feel so good. No, especially because, um, you know, they tell me how well I'm doing, but it's not showing like on their end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was a big difference. So yeah, very. And so some of that was your upbringing, and then some of it is just like where you're at right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in the, especially in that one episode, were talking about living wage, and obviously that's a big yeah. topic right now. Like, what's what are your thoughts on that? I definitely, you know, settled with the fact that not a lot is going to happen unless we do something about it. Um, I've taken like some comments from the posts that I came across on my for you page and I just want to touch on it. Um, there were two comments in particular, um, I'm paraphrasing because I literally don't care about anything. He just said, pay me well. And then, um, us Gen Z just want to check. And for me, that just seems like I, I went on their profiles and they didn't have a profile picture. They were private. It just seems to me that they were like 14 year olds that have never even been in the workplace that don't realize how much um, the workplace actually matters. Um, Someone else said, um, work is half my life. So I'd like half my life to mean something. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, sums up at least the people in my peers at college think about, um, you know, if they're putting all their time and effort into something. They want it to mean something, but they also want to be compensated for the amount of work that they're putting into. And in most cases that isn't what's happening. Yeah. Especially with healthcare being tied to our jobs, which doesn't really happen in a lot of other countries. Um, Those, your whole life is tied to your job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what it always meant to me is, early early on in working I mean maybe even before that it's like we spend most of our waking hours at work so yes I want it to mean something and that was for my generation maybe a newer question coming from a generation that was just trying to like survive get the paycheck and now it seems like there's even a further iteration for your generation where it's it's not just like oh some people are asking that question it's kind of a it's table stakes. It's like a no brainer. Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> of course it mm-hmm. needs to matter. And I think um, a big difference between the generations is our access to the internet. You know, I was given an iPod in unfiltered access at 11 years old. 
um, which means I've been exposed to the world for over a decade now. Um, and just the amount of communication we have access to. Um, like I have friends in uh, London that I've never even met, but we've been mutuals online for 10 years now. Um, like that that's insane. Yeah. Like back then it used to be pen pals. No offense, but yeah. now, I, now yeah. I can just text her and just be like, hey, what's up? She's like, oh, nothing. Just going to uni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's Sunny and I were talking about that earlier on a different episode about uh, just that exposure is part is a big part of what changes things. Because Hannah, when you and I were talking, you said, yeah, it's like, you know, when you get into a job and somebody from an older generation is like, oh, well, you got to grind and like get, you know, put in the time that I put in. And and that doesn't seem like it makes sense for people in your stage it's like part of it is that disconnect of exposure. Like, well, if you've, if you've actually been already exposed to so many thoughts and ideas beforehand, then your expectation set is different than someone who had to grind it out. Well, they never ever were exposed to things until they were in that stage of that job. <laughs> uh, but you're exactly. in response to that kind of comment, like, Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta put in the work that I did. You gotta kind of experience what I did. And you and you said, well, times have changed. Like it's different now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the hardest one sometimes for Gen Xers to understand. I mean, we hear you, we do, but even my own children, we've had this, this talk um, is that you're right. I think we grew up in a world where it didn't, we accepted low pay and the grind for a lot longer than you guys will accept it. Does that make sense? We were like, keep working hard, keep working hard, keep working hard. At some point, you're going right, to meet the right person. You're going to keep networking. You're going to find the right connection. You're going to keep learning. And you're going to eventually move up the ladder, which did happen in my case, right? Like it did, but it was slow. It honestly was slow. Yeah, <laughs> It and- was not fast. And I think that sometimes where I think that where we get confused in my is that we think that you guys think it's going to move so much faster. But I also think that you've lived in a faster world. So you think, yeah, it can happen faster. So I think that's where where we need to understand that more. more. Yeah. And to go off that, um, we're not discrediting any work that, you know, older generations have put forward. It's more so like we can't accept that lower, uh, lower rate because it's just not like fiscally possible. Yeah. Uh, with rent rising, with yeah. just the entirety like cost of living is just so much more expensive these days that it's just not possible for it's us impossible. to access that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the best post yesterday. We need to clip it in here. It was like this, this woman at the grocery store and, and the, the store worker is like scanning each item and like have more and more of a panic attack after every scan, but he's kind of acting like she's, I don't know. It's like the delivery room. He's like, ma'am, I need you to like, look me right in the eyes, breathe, just breathe. I'm going to scan the limes. And then he scans the limes and she's like, no. And it made me think of that. Cause that, I do think that's true. And that's it where is. some of the, like, right. we, we want you to have to experience what we did. Okay. That's fair because yeah, you can't enter a job and immediately get promoted to be the VP. Like it just, life doesn't work that way. Right. But it doesn't mean it needs to be the same as it was back then. Cause to your point, like cost of living is insane mm-hmm. now, even just to get groceries, let alone mm-hmm. other factors. Like now you can start your own business in one day. And so you might be in your first year of, you know, being in the workforce and you can actually be a CEO, like running your own thing. Whereas you know, back then, like you yeah. couldn't, it actually took a very long time to be able to start your own thing. So that wasn't accessible. <laughs> yeah. Well, also you got to keep in mind, um, like you can just call yourself a CEO yeah. and run a business virtually <laughs> versus back then it was like brick and mortar. Like you had yeah. to, you had to be there. You had to physically build it. Mm-hmm. I love the way your generation can have multiple income streams if you want to. I love, I love that. I feel like I never even thought I couldn't even think that way. 
when, when I was younger, you know, because like there was just no means to think that way. Now it's like, Oh my gosh, it's so, so beautiful about yeah. your generation being able to do that as yeah. well. I think because of that exact factor, like 10 years from now, we won't even recognize what work looks like. It will mm -hmm. be so vastly different because I think people think it's a step change. Like, Oh, things have changed a little. And then COVID changed it a little. And now we have hybrid and remote. And that's such small thinking. Like actually mm -hmm. the entire fabric of it has changed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the possibilities now are more than exponentially different. And it's mm -hmm. like, we're just starting to see the beginning of that. I think. When I, I'd love to ask you this, cause I feel this split wording here. A lot of people um, in your generation are saying meaning and pay. Meaning and pay are the two words I hear a lot. So I get the pay part, first of all. It needs to be higher. It's ridiculous because you're right. The world's more expensive. I feel like when my parents, I'm going to say, kicked me to the curb basically after college, only because we weren't really having those conversations back then. It was almost like not normal to, uh, the world was cheap. I could, I think I got an apartment for $200. It was like super, super cheap, right? I know. <laughs> it was so cheap. But for you guys, when you say meaning though, of course, what what are what are you guys talking about in the world of meaning? Yeah, I think um, going back to internet and exposure, we're exposed to a lot of injustice and uh, inequalities in the world, and mm -hmm. so it just seems pretty like fruitless to go to a job and work as a cog in the capitalist machine with no purpose and no yeah. meaning, um, especially when most of these companies you know, are paying minimum wage while their CEOs are buying their fourth yacht um, while actively, you know, destroying the planet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well explained. What do you feel most proud of um, about your generation? I think that we just don't take a lot of <laughs> that word. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, know yeah. I can I don't feel know it. Yes. On this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we don't take like no for an answer. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, um, a lot of my friends have gotten jobs because they've been persistent. Um, mm -hmm. No doesn't really mean anything these days. They're just like, we, we, we have to do this. So, you know, just keep, keep working hard. Um, a, lo a lot of people say like, oh, Gen Z like doesn't work hard. They just want all these benefits and they're not going to put forth work. That is the complete opposite. We are grinding. We are out there. We are on our hands and knees practically begging. Mm. Like we want to survive and mm -hmm. we want to thrive. And at this case in point, like we don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. But I, I love the determination and motivation that my generation has. Yeah. I love That's that always, where do you think that comes from that we were talking about this a specific part of it which is how your um how gen z in general is is so willing to just speak their mind and say what they want and need and how um it, even in my generation that that seems like i'm so jealous of that almost it took so long to learn how to say what i need to say mm -hmm. <laughs> I, do you think that's also just an exposure effect? I think that, but I also think of um, how we were raised. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to say I was um, a wild child, but I will say that I questioned a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom would constantly say like, oh, I never spoke to your grandmother like that. And I was <laughs> like, why? I Didn't know. you want to know why? Like, yes. didn't you want to know why things worked and how things happened? And yes why we couldn't mm -hmm. get like that but you mm -hmm. also have to remember that like um woman couldn't own credit cards until like 76 mm -hmm. like 50 years ago mm -hmm. and so back then they didn't question it mm -hmm. yeah. right it that's so huge I, it's so interesting i've had this very same discussion with my daughter because i you're right asking why is wonderful what we were told it was disrespectful I love that that stigma has been in is continuing to be moved on. It was mm -hmm. like, sh it was like, sh just don't just, just, just be quiet. It was like, just, just be quiet. It was like, 
And so we were hushed and pushed away a lot. In fact, I joke sometimes with Steve that like being a child of the 80s, it's a humorous joke. It's funny. I mean, I loved my childhood. Honestly, I loved it. But sometimes I think back and I'm like, I don't know how I survived <laughs> because I don't know where the parents were. I sometimes don't. I'm like, they really just kind of, it was that generation of, it was like, go away, kids. You know, it was like, go away and just don't say anything. And so that's kind of sad. And I do think that it's swung the other way. And so it scares people sometimes because they're like, wow, look at all this voice. Look at all this voice here. And on that note, now listen, this is not me saying this. I want your reaction to Simon Sinek's uh, point here. Okay. And this was something I said on the podcast that we got a lot of uh, about. So I want to say it and get your point. Okay. All right. So, and he's beautiful. He speaks really beautiful to, I think this generation and he's, but he's also trying to help the managers who are managing this generation. But I don't know if you know who he is, but you might want to look him up afterwards. Okay. Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. But he was saying one of the most amazing things about your generation was because of COVID and all that happened with Black Lives Matter, he feels like you guys have become the activists, that you guys live in a very activist mentality. Like you even said, you're like, no, we're going to push through. We're going to, we're going to like be persistent right? So he's like, I think that they have a very activist mentality. He goes, where I see the deficit is that because of COVID and because they were raised in technology, communication is not their greatest strength because they've been able to do it in short sound bites their whole life. In short sound bites. So this is where he feels, this is, this is his words, remember? That sometimes because of that deficit, they're either strong activists where they have a very loud voice where they'll go right to the top to the CEO's office and say, this is exactly how I feel, or they might ghost and disappear because that middle place of having a good, uh, hearty conversation about things being difficult or tough is not easy for them because they haven't had to have them. They've texted them. They've texted their difficult conversations. So with managers, managers feel as though a lot of the Gen Zs either go right to the top or disappear. And that is what he is experiencing and seeing, and he's saying, how can we help our managers help them not run or go to the top? And I'm like, maybe we need to text them. I was like, <laughs> honestly, I was like, maybe some of our one-on-ones need to be one, you know, through texting, like meet them where they're at. I was actually, but I was wondering your thoughts there. <laughs> I know you haven't entered the workplace officially yet, but that is what some of the Gen Z's feedback is coming back on about. Any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um. I have a strange analogy. Um, Go for it. Have you ever seen uh, or heard the thing where it's like, um, would you rather be be a cult leader or a cult follower? And then I don't remember who um, this quote is actually, but it's like, you make more money as a leader, but you have more fun as a follower. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it just makes me think like, not everybody is built to be a CEO. You know, True. that's just not like in, in, in their bones. True. Um, you know, most people are fine with having, not disappearing because no one disappears. Everyone is, has their purpose in life. Um, but some people just are fine with the simple, the normal, the normal, um, yes. the basic life. And of course we have, you know, not to say that they're, they're obviously very hardworking, because, you know, they have to be in this economy. Um, but then we have the CEOs and it's like, not everybody gets to that point in the most ethical or legal way. True. So it's like, what, what differs from the hardworking men to the hardworking man with a title? Nothing, honestly. They're yeah. a person just like us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. With just a couple more zeros in their bank account. So that's what comes to your mind when I, when I even say that you're like, well, Mm -hmm. there's no difference in the person. Yeah. Just the title. Yeah. How do you feel like communication is in your general? Where do you think the, the communication line is? Um, I personally haven't had uh, a difficult time with communication. I did have a manager who would constantly call me and I don't know if it's just me, but I, Hey, if you could send a three word text, do much it. better. We don't, we don't need to have a conversation. Like I'm driving to work. I don't want to pick up my phone call. I'd rather CarPlay tell me, hey, I'm going to be late. And I'm like, okay, cool. 
I can slow down a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Gen X and I like that better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But Meeting I think, and... um, communication really just differs from people to people and mm -hmm. it really is, um, like your responsibility to pick up on how different people communicate, whether that's phone call, text, in person, mm -hmm. email. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you we just got to adapt. Adapt to their, yeah. Adapting to the, to the kind of communication. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you, when you're leaving, I want to know, like, what do you think you're going to be looking for in a workplace? That I was interesting. So my husband's a professor and I was telling him that I was having this conversation today. And I was like, is there anything you want to know? <laughs> And he was like, because he has a lot of students and he was like, what is, what are they, what's, what's, tell, ask her, what are you looking for in employment in the next, like, when you think of the first thing, like, what's most important to you? I don't know. I think a fun workplace can mean more than a lot of people, like, think it could be. Yeah. Um, like, yes, pay is at the top, but if you don't enjoy going to work, then what's the point? If, if you're just like a zombie, like going through your nine to five, then, then what's the point? You know, I want to have a, a purpose to my daily life rather than just like going through the schedule. Hey, am it's, I already, I'm like that too, aren't I, Steve? <laughs> um, yes. There was, there was a, another comment that I wrote down from your TikTok where someone said, I stayed at my job for two years that paid seven twenty five an hour because my manager actually cared about me. Oh, I yeah. saw that comment. Yeah, for sure. And that mm -hmm. was 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 so interesting that sparked this conversation with you because that's what we focused on in that episode because that's what we hear from people. It is of all generations, mm -hmm. but definitely increasing as you get younger. And and yeah, I mean, you you kind of called it out. Like a lot of them were a little bit spoof accounts, but people, the majority of comments was around like, I don't care about purpose, just pay me, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny and interesting. I don't know. We had a lot of laughs because we were like, well, yeah, of course, we all like to get paid better. We weren't saying that they don't like pay. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think we're hitting on it, uh, both sides of it in this conversation. Like there is a problem with pay right now. A huge problem. I was, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it would be a great thing for you to watch but Obama just put out a documentary about people at work and it's on Netflix. It's oh, it was been, really good. Yeah. Um, so middle, you know, lower middle, the, it's wonderful. And, but one thing that really stood out to me was he was talking, there was walking through the grocery aisles with someone and, and he was like, what's like a really big challenge. And she was like, well, right there. She goes, look at that cereal box. She goes, it's six ninety five. She goes, basically that's one hour of work for me. I mean, I was like there, like when you break it down right there, that is the reality of what she is experiencing. And that's not right. Yeah. And so, but I love the way you said that you would love the pay is most important, but having some fun and enjoying yourself is, is, is right up there too mm -hmm. as well. I love that. For and sure. a lot of people in the comments, they said the same thing. Yeah. Um, like one of them, another person said, if I'm being paid well and treated well, I'll do any job. Boomers yeah. act like we're asking for a lot. Yeah. And you're not like, yeah, yeah. We're asking to be treated like adults that we yeah. are and to be paid. Well, and that's yeah. It. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one daughter I was talking about, she had a few restaurant jobs and she would come home and talk to me about it. And she goes, mom, if I could just have a manager like you, I would actually stay at a restaurant job. She was like, I like restaurant work, but there's just not a lot of good managers. She goes, where they, where they just treat you with respect. Literally, if I make a mistake, she's like, if I make a mistake, she's like, have a respectful conversation with me about my mistake instead of just blasting me. She's like, then, and I'm a person. And she just felt like she had so many managers that blasted her and then made her feel belittled and not smart. She's like, I've never been in the restaurant service before either, you know? And so we would talk about just talking to people like they're a person, even just that at, uh, at these beginning service level jobs. She's like, would be, would mean a lot to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hannah, what is like among you and your friends? Um, how do people think about uh, having a side hustle or having their own business? Is that a common? I feel like it's strange to find someone who doesn't have a side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like um, 
if you don't have a steady source of income, especially as a student, you need to have a couple things like on your roster to be able to like keep up with it, like here at least like spending money, grocery money, gas money. If they're paying their rent, um, they need to figure it out. They need to hustle. They need to survive. Yeah. Do you think of your career? <laughs> maybe you don't, maybe you, I don't know how you think about your career at this point. Do you kind of think of it through that lens? Like I'll probably have multiple threads going on. Yeah, I definitely think of um, different options. But when it comes to my career, a lot of people are just like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, it, it's not that easy, <laughs> especially with um, a lot of people who don't know the extent of and all the jobs that are actually out there, especially with theater, they think of theater and they think, oh, the struggling actor. And yes, that's that's a big thing. Um, but it's not just that. There's a lot of work behind the scenes. There's a lot of like museum work. There's a lot of um, new shows, especially with concerts, drag performances. Mm -hmm. um, you think of like, I don't know. I've seen these like mega churches on TikTok where they have these spectacular like million dollar performances. And I'm like, they probably pay well. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> they more probably pay well. They need, they need those costumes. They do. They need those costumes. I love yeah. it. Um, is there anything you had in mind or on your list, Hannah, that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. Um, a lot of people that have access to the internet shouldn't. Um, and that's, mm. that's a big thing. Um, mm. Like, I, I didn't really, you know, get into all of this until probably, like, high school. Mm. But, you know, little kids are getting access in a phone at, like, eight or less. Mm. Like, we think of, like, sticky iPad kids. And we think, like, a five-year-old hold, holding the screen in front of them, like, at restaurants. They don't know how to communicate. But they know yeah. Coco Melon. Um, yeah. But, you know, they also have access to a keyboard. And they have access to the internet and are able to like spread information when they don't know anything yet. Yeah. Especially in high school. I thought I was the smartest person. I'm not <laughs> saying like I, I was cocky or anything, but I was like, I thought I knew a lot. Yeah. And looking back, you know, that was four or five years ago. I'm like, girls, come mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Even now I have the knowledge. My frontal lobe still has three more years, but I'm like, I, I think I'm pretty good, pretty good. And then I meet someone um, who's 26 and I'm like, wow, uh, the difference between us is just so much. And I think we're, yeah. we're constantly growing and we need to have these conversations, especially with different generations yeah. um, to be able to get their point of view, mm -hmm. um, just to be able to keep on growing and keep up with the world mm -hmm. as it's growing at a faster rate than we are. Yeah. So I don't know fast. if this I don't know if this is a too too broad of a question. Feel free to say so, but we do have a lot of leaders who listen and they are trying to be they're very intentional like growth-minded people. So they want to be better leaders. They want mm -hmm. to help people is is typically who pays attention to our stuff. So I would love to hear, I mean, to that point of like let's hear from a Gen Z. Like what what do you want leaders to know and, and pay attention to and work on as they lead people uh, in your generation? Yeah, I think there there isn't really a hierarchy when it comes to friends. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yes, there are leaders and yes, there are managers and then there are the workers. But in reality, we're all, we're all people. And it really does come down to communication. Like I want to be treated with the, with the respect that you, that you want from me, that mm -hmm. you expect from me. Yes. I'm like, well, if, if you're an awful person and I still have to treat you like this, why, mm -hmm. why, why do I have to treat you like, like that when you're giving me the less than the bare minimum? Yeah. Um, so I think it all just comes down to respect and communication. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I was just going to say, what are you most excited about for your generation? I'm excited to see what the world becomes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, I don't know how old the oldest Gen Z is. I think maybe like 26, 27 at this point. Um, but, you know, they're starting to have kids. 
I know people my age starting to have kids and that's yeah. with me. Like yeah. friends from high school just got married and I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Slow down a little bit. <laughs> no, but um, I just want to see how the world reacts when we come to fruition, you know, yeah. come into our place, find ourselves and then find our place in the world. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I'd say personally, I still have a lot of growing to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more of the world I want to see before um, getting nine to five, settling down, like mm-hmm. having kids, if any, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? So do I. Like, I think that people who have growth mindset always feel that way. Like, I, I still have more to learn. And I think that's what's so awesome. I think the closed minded ones are the difficult ones to work with sometimes, you know? And, um, yeah. Yeah. But you know what also is this, I was telling Steve when, when all this new talk came out around Gen Z, I was like, you know, in the eighties, our parents were scared of us, (laughs) you know? And then it was like, and then the millennials came out and everybody was scared of them. And then it was like, everyone's always scared of the new thing. I was like, really, it's just about listening and adapting towards what's changing in the world and what's changing about that generation. And, and usually there's something really good that is coming from a new growth and a new mindset and generation. And, and it's just scary because you don't know it. So just, just listen and Mm -hmm. learn. And that's what I found works best. Yeah. Yeah. I feel um, at least like speaking for myself, I'm not scared of like other generations. I feel like they should be scared of us just a little (laughs) bit. Just seeing what we've accomplished in, you know, ever since black lives matter all 2020 COVID that really flipped a switch in a lot of um, me and my friends' brains. Um, A little goes a long way. There's this one theory, it's called like the 3% theory, where if only 3% of the population band together, that is like the least amount you need to um, make a difference. Yeah. Mm, It's great. Yeah, that's so cool. I. Uh, like, thanks for coming on and yes. and taking the time and the chance to do it. Because I think it is helpful to have these conversations. My my takeaway is the same thing. Like, I'm the same as you, Sandy. I, I, I always want to grow and learn more. And I think mm-hmm. that it is easy when any kind of change comes along. But especially generations colliding, that's just like a... It just becomes a big topic because it's it's like a global change all yeah. at the same time. But we get scared of change and we just see the differences, the problems. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, there's actually so much good stuff. And to your point, Sunday, this this cycle always repeats. So, yeah. so <laughs> it's not like anyone who's griping, it's not like they were ever were never the problem yeah. themselves. <laughs> of course there's challenges. There's challenges with any people working with other people. So yeah, it's kind of a refreshing, like, well, how can we learn together and take advantage of, for example, the benefits that Gen Z brings to the table? Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. they are going to change the world. We just really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing where life brings you. So thank you for your time. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah. Yeah.